Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash, Trash or Treasure with me, Kim, and me, Amy. We are the podcast that brings you a spoiler-free recommendation or not of your next romantic read, hoping to save you time because it's a jungle out there and uh, some romantic books suck you in and then... Give you nothing in return? Give you nothing. Well, thank you for that (laughs) uplifting beginning to this episode, Kimberly. What are we reviewing this week? This week we are discussing The Rosie Project by Graham Simpson. I'm going to say it's Simpson. Sure. It's S-I-M-S-I-O-N. I thought it, it could was be Simpson. Sim, it could be Simpson. S-I-O-N can be a shun sound, can it not? If you type in Graham Simpson and Rosie Project into the internet, you will find the correct book. You'll probably find it if you just type Rosie Project. Yeah, that's also true. I right. feel like our listeners know how to use the internet. I also feel like they don't really care about this interlude. Okay, Kimberly, your turn. Spoiler free. Plot synopsis. Not too long. Not too short. That's why you're doing it. Okay. I love when it's my turn. Right. So. (laughs) It's always your turn. It's always my turn. The way it should be. The Rosie Project. We follow our main character, Don, who is a professor of genetics at a unnamed university in Melbourne, Australia. And both equally cool that we have a male protagonist for a male writer. So it's an interesting perspective. It's told in the first person narrative. Mm. So we live inside Don's head. Also interesting. Importantly to the narrative and the way it's told, Don is somewhere on the autism spectrum. He hasn't been officially diagnosed, but it's something that comes up throughout the book that kind of he's aware of and everyone else is aware of, but whatever, he doesn't have a diagnosis. He sees his rationality, and it's really framed like that, his rationality, his scientific approach to life as the most logical approach. Like, it's efficient. (laughs) Why would any – like, as far as he's concerned, anyone on the autism spectrum has a superpower, and he kind of does. It's kind of brilliant. Anyway, so he reads – early on in the book, he reads some kind of scientific paper that says that married men live longer and are happier. So he decides, I have to find a wife, even though dating is crap. And so inefficient. That's the big thing, super inefficient. So he comes up with a scientific approach to dating. A 16-page questionnaire. Yes. And so that is the wife project. And so that's how he kind of organises his life, his very organised life. And so he organises things into kind of like projects and, and incidents and experiments and that yes. kind of thing. Incidents are when they don't go well in yes. projects. Yes, Like speed bumps. Yeah. So he decides to embark on this wife project situation. He has some lovely friends, which is great. The side characters are cool. And throughout the, that process, he meets Rosie, who I'm not going to tell you anything about because Amy says it's a spoiler and made me re-record this bit. <laughs> So, <laughs> the one thing I will tell you about Rosie, because I think it's important, is she doesn't know who her dad is. Her yes. mum said that Rosie is not the biological child of the man who raised her. It's been like a thing for her her whole life. So basically, they go on this accidental date. They really hit it off. But they are so, so different. Totally different. Totally incompatible. And he's like, I could never actually marry you. I'm on a serious quest for a wife. And she's like, fine, I don't really care. You seem kind. I I find your quest for a wife offensive. (laughs) 
Um, and so he, though, says, I could help you with your father project because I am a geneticist and I would be prepared to test DNA samples if you could collect them of people. Obviously, that has its challenges because they are semi-illegally collecting DNA and then using genetics university (laughs) like their resources for a personal project so yeah so basically that's kind of the adventure then that they go on as a pair is the the father project trying to work out who rosie's dad is and over the course of that obviously love happens and that's all i'm gonna say is that enough you've established the premise great that's the premise okay amy I established a premise. Would you recommend The Rosie Project and why? I think I finished reading it about a fortnight ago and since then I've recommended it to about eight different people that I've (laughs) just encountered. Yeah, I absolutely would recommend The Rosie Project. It was an utterly delightful book. Delightful is a good word, actually. From page one, the author really, really clearly establishes the character yeah. and the tone of the book. It made me laugh out loud. There were some moments, though, that did actually, you know, I'm, I'm such an emotional person in romance novels where I did, I had some cries. Oh, yeah. So I knew you were going to cry in this. If I have even the tiniest, like, oh, emotional thought in my brain, I you're like, you're oh, Amy's cry. having a cry. Yep. But what it did was it had a really beautiful balance of that humour and also because he goes on this journey of self-understanding and growth. And, yeah. like, he they learns. They both do. He learns as much from Rosie as she learns from him. Yeah. And the impact that they both have on each other's life was just really believable and genuine and moving. And then there are also – I don't think I've said this about any of the romance novels we've discussed, but I learned a lot from this book. Yeah. So you know how I. I love putting facts in my head? Yeah. Like, now I know that – you know, if you drink caffeine after 3.48 p.m., it has a long half-life and it impacts your sleep capacity. But now I know the scientific reason why. Didn't know that before the Rosie Project. <laughs> so I think it's just in terms of both the characters, the in themselves being very real and believable people whose stories engage you, and then the plot being fulfilling and also the writing being really skilled. Yeah, it was very clever and tight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a book that I would wholeheartedly recommend you engage with. And interestingly, I listened to the audiobook for some of this, but I also read it physically. So I engaged with my reading yeah, of this both, in yeah. both formats. And yeah, I, I enjoyed like you both and I... equally. Oh, yeah, right. Good. Gotcha. Because you usually audiobook and I usually read the hard copy. Yes, I had to audiobook this one. I was elbows deep in a sewing project. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I promised I'd read the Rosie Project this week. And it was unimportant, but that's that I was like, oh, I hope there's an audiobook because I want to so, keep doing my song. There's a really well performed audiobook. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah. And it went really nicely with the character within the mm-hmm. book. I totally would recommend this book. And the other thing that I really enjoyed about it was that sense of, and I often wonder whether people who read a contemporary romance, you know, if you live in Chicago and the romance is set in Chicago, does that add greater enjoyment to? To it because it's a familiar landscape because we are very familiar with Melbourne and I yeah, really maybe. enjoyed having that sense of actually sort of being able to picture 
where these events were taking place. Yeah, see, I, mm, oh, so I, I just know. I just enjoyed like he does his the market trips yeah. and I was able to picture because it was such a familiar space. So if you're like a Melbourne reader and you haven't read this or you're an Australian reader, I think you might potentially enjoy because the books we've talked about so far have either been set historically yeah. in unfamiliar contexts or internationally yeah. in a contemporary context. So it was really fun you liked, to read yeah. Yeah, an Australian based and be yeah. able to sit there and go, oh, or I can picture where he is so it created an even more realistic world. I also really enjoyed the supporting characters and how Don had an impact on their lives as well. Yep. Whereas, like, from the beginning of the book where you get this sense that they're, you know, they're kind to him and they look out for them in their individual ways, but at the end he's actually sort of reciprocating in a way that he didn't realise I think he was capable of at the beginning. So the character arcs of all of the cast were really fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I would absolutely recommend this book. What about you, Kimberly? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I recommended it to you after I read it. I was like, you have to read this, it's great. Yeah, no, absolutely, I would recommend it. For all of the reasons that you've just given as well, I really enjoy protagonists who are on the autism spectrum. Being inside that brain for me is, I just love it. I love it because it's just like such a curious a, incident of the dog in the night. I like love yeah. the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime because there's just such a clear logic to it. Uh, and I think placing that, brain that logical rational the world can be sorted there's a comfort in the fact that the world can be sorted into you know kind of clumps and things that I and you can kind of categorize information I just really like it I think because my brain doesn't work like that at all and it's a chaotic mess and I would love it to work in a more logical rational kind of fashion but I then really enjoyed the okay so what do we do the kind of that central premise of what does it look like then if we take that rational, ordered kind of functioning mind and give it love? Put it in a abstract put it in a, context. Put it in a romance context that is yeah. all about feeling. And then – And that becomes one of the key plot points, doesn't it? That it notion does. of yep. feeling that That notion of, of feeling. There's a beautiful kind of arc where he isn't – he isn't who he thought he was. Yeah. He's more. Yeah. He's so much more. And that's kind and that's of and the I discoveries love, where I was like, Ooh. Yeah. And that's so <laughs> beautiful because because it's a human thing. Because even though it's focused around this protagonist who really has this kind of unique and awesome and interesting different view of the world to potentially your average reader, he's still going on exactly the same journey everybody goes on, which yeah, is discovering being. that we are more than we thought we were that we can be more because that's what love does love gives you this capacity to be more that's Mm. what it brings out in you (laughs) yeah it's beautiful and and rosie goes on exactly the same and everyone in this book and that's what i kind of love about it is it's quite artful in the way that the entire cast of characters really go on that exact yeah. same Everyone journey. Everyone at the end of the book is, is a like, different oh and God. a better person from I, who they were at the beginning. And they are a better person because of love. They are a better person because they have chosen love or they have found love or they have fought for love or they have redefined it or they have stuck in there or mm. whatever. Like all the whole cast of characters are better because by the end of the book they embrace 
love. And I think embracing love is scary and it's hard. And in our modern world where we don't have, you know, the marriage mart of Julia Quinn where you kind of have to get married if you want to have sex ever, you have to get married if you want to have kids, you have to – like there was kind of this – social system that forced at least getting married on you. So if you have to do it, you may as well try and be in love or whatever. Kind of, I think that is a really modern problem is you can just be alone. You can choose that, which is a completely valid life choice. Oh my God. I'm not in any way saying I'm not not. sure where you're going with this point. My point is this choosing to love sometimes is hard, right? It was communicated really, really well in in this this book book, because sense of that. And, yeah. and it's the reason I like it is because that same idea is communicated in multiple contexts. So it's not just saying mm. Don has to learn He's it main guy. because he has ASD people. and that means he has trouble with emotion, mm. so he has to learn it. It's not that. Everybody has to learn it. A couple who have been married for 20 years have to learn it. She has to learn it. Her dad has to learn it. I just feel like. Yeah, that that was the takeaway for me from this book was that loving people makes us vulnerable and you can choose not to in all contexts, not just romantic love. We are able to choose not to, but there is so much reward and growth and we can be our better and best selves when we when we love and are loved. That was my takeaway. Oh, so profound. Hmm. It was a profound book. It was a profound book. Yeah, it was I an, really loved really, it and it was funny. Really, really, Ooh. really excellent piece of writing well done graham well done this is a debut novel i will say this though there are two additional novels in the rosie project series yeah there's there's a trilogy and i was it's weird too it goes it plays with time doesn't it no it doesn't play with time but but i mean it goes goes forward and then it goes yeah it goes from the rosie project and then the next one is like sun yeah, their son, many years down the track. It's not a spoiler that they get together. It's a romance novel. And then the third book is back right before the son is born and it's him coming to terms with being a dad. Right. So yeah. it kind of it, – it jumps forward and then comes back. But I was really, really satisfied with the Rosie Project, so I don't feel – I'm probably not going to read the next two books because – I'm not either because I was so happy with it. It's the same reason why I don't watch past whatever it is, season two of End Downton Abbey. End of season two of Downton yeah. Abbey, yeah, the Christmas special. I just felt like that's where it finished for me. I was very happy and content and I never went yeah. any further. Season one of Outlander for me, I was like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, so this – it concluded all the characters really well yeah. – and as a reader, I was entirely satisfied by every component of this book. Yeah, me too. I was done at the end of it. Yeah. I was like, great. That was awesome. Better tell people we love it and we recommend it. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what I did. I put it on my husband's pile of books to read. Read this. And he said, do you recommend it or does Kimberly recommend it? And I said, Kimberly recommends it. And he went, okay, I'll read it then. Because <laughs> she Wise recommends, man. She recommends man. good books to my husband. All right. because so, I, I know what he'll enjoy. Yeah. So re- listeners, I was going to say so readers, but listeners, we. They're readers if they're listening. Oh, that's very true. So reader <laughs> listeners, we would both very much recommend we think we think you will really enjoy the Rosie Project. I think so too. Yeah, and and so therefore we classify it as an absolute treasure. Oh yeah, I forgot that we had to do that. Yeah, total treasure. Bought it as Definitely. a hard copy. That's going on the shelf. Going on the shelf. Straight to the pool rooms. <laughs> <laughs> 
which no one outside of Australia will get. That's a little that's a little gem for you Australian listeners. If you don't get that reference, you need to Google straight to the pool room and then watch the castle. Watch the castle because it's a part of your national heritage. Well, that's, that's it. it, I guess. That's so, it. Thank you for joining us and join us again next time for another episode of Trash or Treasure. And until then, happy reading. Bye. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.